Welcome to Caldwell Medicine Review, episode 50. The only podcast in the world that has show notes on the same notepad as notes to beat Mega Man 6? Yeah, Mega Man 6. Those are some old notes. What else do I have on this notepad? Uh, list of chores. Um, other stuff related to a job I have. Another list of chores. Lots of lists of chores. Yeah, I share notepads for different things, I guess. But I also have a whole bunch of notepads. Way more notepads that I need. Uh, let's see. What is... You know, something messed up with my volume. My mic volume. So I'm just going to do this... Check online, or live. By the way, the theme for 50 cents... Here we go. Is that louder? The theme for 50... Episode 50 is, uh, is, well, since 50 is half of 100, I'm going to do this show really half-assed. Uh, this song, you know what I didn't do? I finally looked up the, uh, how to say the, pronounce the name of the song. Professor... No, I forgot it. Umlaut? Umlaut. Umlaut. Let me, let me see if I can play this. Uh, dictionary.com sound. Umlaut. Umlaut. Professor Umlaut. I don't know if you heard that. So yes, uh, by Kevin McLeod. I've been using this song the last couple episodes. I use mostly Kevin McLeod songs. I have been. And uh, you can find out his... Or you can check out his website, incompetech.com. And he's got a bunch of royalty-free music you can use for your own projects. And graph paper. And I found this song like a week or so ago, started using it. Uh... Yeah, last episode wasn't live. I could not dial in for whatever reason on Blog Talk Radio, but I'm in now. Oh, excuse me. A little bit of soda there. Some uh, Shasta Cola from Menards. <clears throat> not the best, but... I was thirsty for soda over the weekend. And I was there. Uh, let's see. Yeah, last episode, not live. I uploaded it, and I was sick. And I still am a little sick. And uh, But my voice is back, so it doesn't hurt to talk anymore. Um, yeah, well, I uploaded the episode, and I, I was listening to it like I usually do anyway. I usually listen to the episodes, the live. You can listen to them live, but I usually listen to the episodes 
one more time after because I upload a better quality audio version of these. And I do a little bit of editing, not much, just basically taking out long pauses for when I either lose my spot or when I'm reading or whatever. And, uh, and I was listening to my last episode, and sometimes I don't listen to them all that great. <laughs> just a little bit, just to make sure there's nothing major, no major screw-ups, and I, and I said something like completely false. And it was like the definition of a misspeak, like an actual misspeak. Not one when like a politician says he miss he misspoke when it was actually just a lie or kind of kind of like a deceiving statement. Uh, I I misspoke in the real sense as as in my my brain was on one target and my mouth hit another target, and I didn't realize that until I, I listened to it later. And then I I edited that part out. I usually don't edit out any words, including my ands and ums or so's as I like to say so much what was I what was I getting on oh yeah so um I always verify your sources uh, you know even I of course well for one thing I can be wrong about something because I'm misinformed about something but I can also be wrong about something or I can I can uh say something wrong I can I can misspeak so and, and that goes for everybody you listen to, all the news outlets. Never take everybody's word for 100% of, uh, of, of, you know, factual value. And, you know, if, if it aligns close enough to your worldview or whatever, where you don't think you need to verify, that's fine. But uh, always, always do your own research. Always get your opinions from different sources. Uh, I know a lot of people just like to read sources that agree with them, and it's kind of like they live in their own echo chamber. I don't. I listen to a lot of stuff I agree with, of course, but I just uh, I get bored of it. I like to challenge my thoughts. I like to prepare myself for arguments and uh, certain talking points that I hear a, a lot and I don't agree with. So I listen to uh, a lot of people that I don't agree with. And I find it fun. And in light, let's see. Oh yeah, I, was, I said I was going to do this episode half-fast. Well, uh, I'm going to pour a drink for myself. And uh, it's half-fast because I didn't do it ahead of time like I should have. So it is less than 10 minutes into the show and I'm, I'm going to take a break. <laughs> a quick break for probably two minutes. And, um, or less. I don't think it'll take that long. I'm just going to put some ice cubes and stuff into a glass here. So, enjoy this uh, song here for a second or two.
All right, I'm back. Who? This is uh, Wagon Wheel by Kevin McLeod. The same website, Intopatech.com. Poured myself a little whiskey on the rocks. Oh yeah, I should rename this episode 50% because I'm going to put 50% effort into it. And why not? It's a slow news day. And I like slow news days. They can cover some, uh, you know, we can cover more topics. Alright, enough of that. I talked about the healthcare stuff <laughs> last episode, I believe, in the last well, last few episodes. Well, it didn't pass on Friday, and you know I didn't even look it up enough to the point. Oh, by the way, I hope everybody had a good weekend. Mine was great, as always, and uh, as always, looking forward to the next one. But yeah, the, the the news over the weekend, um, healthcare did not pass. And I found this interesting video, not video, this article from Friday when they were supposed to vote on it. And uh, well, I think I was trailing off before and didn't finish my sentence. It, I don't even know if it went up to the up to vote or they just scrapped it right away. Maybe we'll find out throughout the episode. And I don't think I mentioned the number. We're listening live. If you'd like to call in, 602-753-3005. 602-753-3005. And I'll try to watch the lines. Um, and a tip I heard is if, you pre- if you're waiting on the line, you press 1. I think it's supposed to signal me. So I can hear something at least. And I can bring you on and we can talk about what you would like to talk about. So there's an article on here, GOP, well this is on thehill.com. GOP rep, once healthcare bill passes, lawmakers can, quote, really explain it. So this sounds like a totally like a Nancy Pelosi kind of thing. Who says, uh, we'll, we'll see what's in it once we pass it. And I think this article gets into that a little bit. It's not a very long article. I'm going to shoot through some of it here. I didn't read it yet. I don't think I did anyway. Maybe I read it on Friday and forgot. Voto op- uh, voter opposition to the Republican health care bill is the result of misunderstanding, and lawmakers will be able to really explain it once it becomes law, Representative Chris Collins said Thursday. And by the way, that whole sentence, they only quoted really explain it. So this is uh, somebody else's writing here. Who wrote this article? Max Greenwood. So they don't have his full quote, which I, I don't know why they, they wouldn't do that. But let me read on. Collins was responding to a question by MSNBC anchor Brian Williams about whether he was prepared 
over Congress's upcoming April recess to hear from constituents who may lose health coverage under the American Health Care Act. Quote, in my district right now, there's a lot of misunderstanding as to what is what it is we're doing, Colin said on MSNBC, and once we get it done, uh, then we can have the chance to really explain it. And it says, goes on to say, uh, talk about Nancy Pelosi a little bit, then House, uh, then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was famously uh, excoriated, I guess, by Republicans for her 2010 comments regarding Obamacare that, quote, we have to pass the bill so you can find out what is in it. They quoted her. They gave they gave almost the full quote. They gave like half the sentence quote for her, but the only quote they have this is from this Chris Collins. So I don't know I don't know if this article is misrepresenting him or not. Either way, if if well, yeah, it's it's hard to say. If it's anything like that, like what they're what they're claiming, yeah, it's it would be pretty stupid to say something like that. But we don't know. I I mean, I've been I mean, over the last few years here, I've been <laughs> losing faith in a lot of media. And when they quote something, like I I feel like I'm fooled until I find out what they actually said. And it's, you know, something like totally different like they completely took it out of context on purpose, which is just a pretty slimy thing to do to, I guess, get an opinion across. I think the best way to get an opinion across is to tell the truth, uh, be completely honest, and, you know, the opinion should pass on its own merits. If it doesn't, I mean, maybe you should really look into your opinions a little bit harder. And if you're not proud enough of your opinions to... Uh, pass truthful information to get your opinion across, then uh, then, then maybe, yeah, I don't know, uh, get new opinions or do some serious thinking. And don't, don't worry about being right so much. I mean, worry about re being right. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. <laughs> Be correct, but don't don't defend yours. You know, if you say something false or you say something that doesn't hold, uh, stand on its own merits, and you can't back it up without misinformation, you got some issues. As I'm reading and talking at the same time, um, let's, let's uh, see a little bit more. Well, anyway, this bill failed. I'm not going to get into it too much. Maybe I can actually find out what his actual quote is. I'm going to find. I'm going to see if I can find this video. So Brian Williams and Chris Collins. Let's search on YouTube. See if we can get some audio. And let's see if the Hill has accurately represented him. How exciting. Top story, Monday. Is the Hill honest? 
And hopefully we won't we'll find we won't find like a like a twenty five minute video here. Here we go. That's a twelve minute video. Brian Adams song. I think I need to type in MSNBC for this one onto Google search. All right, well, let's see if we can find it in this video here. This one is from Thursday, so the day before this article was written, so this might be it. Day 63 of the Trump administration. So Brian and Williams on MSNBC. A defeat on his signature piece of legislation thus far. Ever since seven Let's see what Chris years Collins ago today, says. Barack Obama put pen to paper and signed I might have to skip what ahead became here. known as Obamacare into law. Republicans have vowed to repeal it and replace it. And while Republicans... Skip to a part where I see a guest side of this debate but first let's get the setting for this evening on capitol hill nbc's kelly o'donnell standing by kelly i won't ask for a prediction mm, uh, i think we're can be i think i think i might have found it here stands tonight well it isn't a whole much for staying up late with us uh, as we continue to cover this moving target, this ongoing story. Uh, U.S. Congressman Chris Collins, a Republican from state of New York, and was famously the first in Congress to announce his support for then-candidate Donald Trump. Uh, Congressman, I didn't want to ask Kelly O'Donnell for a prediction, but that doesn't stop me from asking you. Do you think you have the votes for this thing up or down tomorrow? Yeah, Brian, I'd say the answer is yes, and I agree with the president. <laughs> well, he's wrong on that. The vote. If we push it further right, we lose votes on the left. If we push it further left, we lose votes on the right. This is what we have, and at this point in time, it's a vote to support our president and all of our signature issue, or frankly, it's a vote for Nancy Pelosi in maintaining Obamacare, which is failing and will even get worse as we move forward. So this is something America needs, a yes vote tomorrow. People are going to have to understand they're going to go home and on those red Republican districts. It would be very hard to say they, they did not support the president, who in some cases carried their districts with 60 and 70 percent. So that's why I'm an optimistic uh, uh, yes on this tomorrow, because it is the binary choice, up or down. The president's right. Let's get it done. Two, three o'clock. Well, this goes on for two more minutes. I think it's a yes. And you handily uh, 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 say, you know, one election in soon. your district, but you've got people uh, living in poverty in your district See, as well. Episode 50 percent. It's half the effort. Popularity. Only thing worse right now is the popularity of this health care bill, uh, and that is at 17 percent. Are you prepared during the Easter break and several Easter breaks to come to hear from your constituents, some of whom may be dropped from health care. Well, because, uh, Brian, I don't believe that's the case, and uh, in, in certainly over the next two years, this is what seems to be missing. We're not making any fundamental changes until 2020, because we need a long glide path for the insurance companies to get together, uh, for the uh, states, uh, their health commissioners to get their act together. And here we've got the CBO predicting we lose 14 million people with insurance next year and there's not even this is interesting nonetheless because That's i wanted to hear a little bit more about the that. rhino uh, care or whatever premiums Ryan are going care. up under obamacare 
So in my district, Rhino right meaning now, there's Republican a lot in name of only. misunderstanding about what it is we're doing. And once we get it done, and then we can have the chance to really explain it. And one of the biggest issues they're not even talking about is we're eliminating $800 billion of taxes, fees, and penalties, which is going to boost the economy. This is like step one of our tax reform, getting rid of these onerous taxes, fees, and penalties that have been a drag on our economy for six or seven years. For some reason, I don't even hear that as part of the uh, discussion Con of what we're accomplishing. Yeah, we got less than a minute left, so it's got to be coming up soon. Do you still have faith in Speaker Paul Ryan? Yes, I do. Very, very difficult job, Brian. A New York Republican like myself. I'm going to comment on Paul Ryan in a second. Who's coming on next. We're not the same as a Mississippi, Alabama, or Florida Republican. Some states expanded, like New, New York and New Jersey. New Jersey has a Republican governor. Ohio does versus some of the southern states, the 19 that didn't expand. That's why this has been so difficult. The issues uh, are, are not just as simple as people would say when you've got such a diverse country, and our conference uh, represents that. Uh, Chris Collins uh, from upstate New York, a yes vote among Republicans and predicting tonight this thing passes tomorrow. We'll all be watching, Congressman. Sure Thank you very much. And as you Good heard the Congressman uh, preview, we also have Leonard Lance standing by to talk to us. A Oh, let me. Uh, Chris Collins uh, from upstate New York, a yes vote among Republicans and predicting. Oh, you know what? I totally missed it. This tomorrow. We'll all be watching, Congressman. Sure, Thank you very much. And I'm sure they said it in there somewhere, but uh, I totally. I must have been like reading something. That didn't expand. That's why <laughs> this has been so difficult. This is painful. Well, either way, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. I don't think any uh, valuable information is going to come out of there. Um, I guess I, I missed it. Oh, well, like I said, I usually listen to the episodes again, so maybe I'll maybe I'll catch it on the next round. I'll I'll pay more attention in the next round of plays. I don't want to keep playing it over and over again. But yeah, this article in the Hill says voter voter opposition to Republican Republican healthcare bill is a result of misunderstanding, and lawmakers should be able to really explain it once it becomes law. Uh, maybe I missed it because when he said really explain it, he, you can. that's the only quote they gave as a three-word quote to really explain it. So I guess he could have said that anywhere in there and it would have been easy to miss. Um, and I was reading the context of the Hill article, but yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm not popular enough to be held accountable for what I say yet. It'll, it'll it'll be like a, a Milo or a, a Tommy Loren kind of thing later. Something will pop up. Adam said this, and then uh, and then whoever I'm working for, hopefully nobody, they'll fire me, and uh, I'll give an awkward response. I don't know. Um. And there's an interesting article, too, about Andrew Napolitano and uh, Tommy Loren. Loren. I don't know if, I, if I'm pronouncing your last name right. Just because it's it's been kind of news that, you know, two kind of conservative figures got suspended or, or the axe or whatever for saying something. Tommy said something, or she just said something pro-abortion. Which angered, I guess, a lot of conservatives. 
um, which should be which would be expected, I suppose. And uh, I don't well, this article anyway that I I was reading was saying something how Glenn Beck, or he thought that both of these suspensions were curious. Glenn Beck, I think the article said that. Um, that he has had a pro-abortion staffer before. And if you like to look, if you'd like to look it up, it's just a kind of an opinion piece, nothing like very conclusive. Just somebody commenting on it. I'm not going to go over it. It's an article on Townhall.com by Mark Davis. It's called "The Curious Suspensions of Tommy Loren and Andrew Napolitano." Now I've seen both of those names in the said same headline before or close. It was an article talking about both of them, and it was on the liberal news site. And it was painting this picture like conservative media is like collapsing now because of these two. Which I found kind of funny. And I think it, it threw Milo in there too. Yiannopoulos. Uh, oh yeah, what, is it, what I was going to say about Paul Ryan. And there's an interesting video on YouTube. And I don't know the exact channel. I found it on, I guess you could do a search of Mike Cernovich's opinion on this. And uh, I don't know that I necessarily agree with his opinion on it. He kind of... In the video, he kind of brags about how he was right that Trump would win, so he's right about this stuff. Came off as a little arrogant to me, but who knows, maybe he's right. His opinion on the matter was that this is all part of Trump's plan. He wanted it to fail. He wanted... He didn't want his name attached to something that would... Uh, quotes I think from him as he put it cause suffering as Mike Cernovich put it anyway or be blamed for deaths or, or illnesses or whatever he wanted Paul Ryan's name behind it he wanted Paul Ryan to fail because he wants Paul Ryan out so he can build his wall which is his main campaign promise as just a, it was just an interesting perspective. Like I said, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I like to hear other people's takes on the matters. It's hard for me to say what Trump's opinions on it are. It's hard for me to imagine that he's so enthused by it. And he did say before that the best thing for him politically was to keep Obamacare and let it crash and burn. But she says he's gonna. He's, that's gonna happen now, and I think there was also some kind of quote attributed to him by the media that said he regretted not doing budget first. So I don't know how accurate that quote is. I'll just pick some random articles here. Here's a, here's a uh, well while we're on the to- tr- Trump topic anyway, or while I mentioned Trump, <clears throat> Sarah Palin urges. Trump to dump tainted FBI chief on WorldNet Daily. Sarah Palin, one of the earliest supporters of Donald Trump in his quest for the White House, is now urging the president to uh, dump James Comey as director of the FBI. The former Alaska governor claims Comey is tainted, quote, tainted, end quote, by his ties to the Clinton Foundation and needs to be removed from the current administration. I think I heard that before. Or maybe I just heard it on this 
article when I set it aside. I don't know what his ties are to the Clinton Foundation. <clears throat> I don't know if they're as vague as Trump's ties to Russia. <laughs> you never know. Um, it seems to go back and forth with uh, the whole allegations and sources say kind of thing. Especially heavy on the New York Times and Washington Post side and CNN and the like, but the conservative media is guilty as well of doing the same thing. I think I mentioned either episode 49 or episode 47 that there was supposed to be a smoking gun regarding the wiretapping. And I haven't seen anything arise yet from the media. My take on the story now is <clears throat> it is known that Trump or Trump officials have gotten caught up in wiretaps to, I think, uh, from, from calls from outside the nation. And it may or may not have had anything to do with Trump himself or possibly his associates. I don't really know. I think more will come out in the story in the future. Uh, I think, you know, Obama did know about it. They did uh, when, I think his spokesperson, spokesperson, spokesperson made a statement. He did word it very carefully, like as if Obama did not order the wiretapping. Versus knowing about it. And I don't think I mentioned before, but going back to the Andrew Napolitano thing, why he why he's being benched is because he 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 says something that didn't have proof with it, or he claims something that didn't have proof with it uh, about some something to do with the NSA and the United Kingdom Intelligence Agency. That's not what it's called. It's called something else. Maybe I can find. I'll I'll find out in this uh, Mark Davis article here. The last half touches on Napolitano. GCHQ, British Intelligence Finding Agency. Or oh, he said, "quote They have twenty four access to the NSA." Database, so simply by having two people uh, saying to them something like that. He's he's got more he's got more quote here. I'm just reading a part of it. If that sounds weird, uh, President Obama needs transcripts of conversations, including or President Obama needs transcripts of conversations involving candidate Trump's conversations involving President Elect Trump. He's able to get it. And there's no American fingerprints on this. So that was his quote. He came under fire for that. I don't know if he has if he if he made a statement. I'm a bit of a fan of Andrew Napolitano. And some of his stuff. So if you want to know my bias anyway. Now I'm not saying that what he said is true. I know everybody makes mistakes, of course. Like I just, I did. My misspeak. 
But uh, he claimed to have said something that didn't have evidence or worded it in a way where he, he may have, or he probably should have uh, said, you know, possibly, maybe injected a, a word like possibly or something into it. Um, I don't know if he's on Twitter. That's where everybody talks. That's where you get the latest, right? I looked him up on Google News. I didn't see any updates. There we go. He does have a t he does have a Twitter, and he hasn't tweeted since March sixteenth, which is before. Speaking of Twitter, this is so random. This episode, anyway. We gotta check out Donald Trump's Twitter, right? Well, I've been checking Rand Paul's recently because of the whole healthcare thing. <clears throat> I'd like to see what he's saying. Oh, we got a fresh Trump tweet from eight minutes ago. It ends with dot, 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 so I don't know if there's a second one coming. The tweet says, why isn't the House Intelligence Committee looking into the Bill and Hillary deal that allowed big re uranium to go to Russia, Russian speech? Yeah, I think it I think it continues on here. He's probably still typing it. Uh and then earlier today, or no, this is this is from yesterday. General Kelly is doing a great job at the border. Numbers are way down. Many are not even trying to come in anymore. Well, if they all stop trying to come in, maybe we don't need to waste the money on the wall. Um Democrats are smiling in DC. That the Freedom Caucus... Oh, ooh, I got a second half in. How exciting. Um, well, I'll, I'll read his, his other one from yesterday. Other one from yesterday. Anyway, Democrats are smiling in D.C. that the Freedom Caucus, with the help of Club for Growth and Heritage, have saved Planned Parenthood and OCARE. So a little dig at uh, Obamacare here. I'm going to play something from Rand Paul, too. He retweeted a video two hours ago, so I'd like to get his take on what is going on and what we are going to see in the near future. But let me finish Donald Trump's tweet, unless it's a three-part tweet, but assuming it's a two-part tweet. So I'll, I'll read the first one again. Why isn't the House Intelligence Committee... Looking into the Bill and Hillary deal that allowed big uranium to go to Russia. Russian speech. And continuing on here. Money. So Russian speech money to Bill. The Hillary Russian quote reset. End quote. Praise of Russia by Hillary. Or Podesta. Or, yeah, or Podesta Russian company. Trump Russia story is a hoax. Hashtag mega. <laughs> I noticed that too. Almost every politician has some kind of ties to Russia, but they're more interested. The mainstream media, anyway, is more interested in the uh, Trump ties to Russia than any other one because they got the polls wrong. They are panicking. They don't understand what happened. They don't understand why he's president. Their inner circle, none of their, nobody in their inner circle likes Trump. <laughs> um. Or hardly anybody anyway, I would imagine. 
And uh, the Democrats like that story, too, is because they want to delegitimize his presidency. The intelligence community community likes the story because they also would like to delegitimize his presidency, it seems, or at least part of them. One of the factions. And I don't know if I actually have a video from Rand Paul. It looks like a photo. And there's a quote from him. I'm still optimistic. Actually, I don't think it's over. Yeah, it looks like a photo. I thought it was a video. Sorry. I apologize. For getting your hopes up. For a fresh Rand clip. I will check out his YouTube channel real quick here. He up to... Oh, here we go. Oh, no. He's... Uh, yeah. I got it. 142 views on Rand Paul's YouTube channel. He just uploaded one, too, nine minutes ago. Should we? Should the U.S. fight other countries' wars? Okay, if it's Rand Paul, it's gonna be, the answer is going to be a no. <laughs> so let's let's listen to let's hear the updates on uh, on uh, healthcare from Rand Paul, one of the key opponents to Ryan Care, and calling for a full repeal. So here we go. This is Fox News. Or from Fox News, and uh, I'm not sure I know the host's name. Joining me now, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. Good. Senator, good evening. Good to have you here tonight. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, I mean, there's an indication that the White House has sort of thrown up their hands and said, you know what, no more dealing with the House Freedom Caucus. We're going to try to do some outreach to Democrats. You know, I think loyalty and fidelity are very important, but, you know, I think our loyalty should be our, to our oath, you know, to uphold the Constitution. As conservatives to believe in fiscal conservatism and federalism, that most power really should remain with the states and the people. So I think you'll find the House Freedom Caucus to be among the most honorable and principled men and women in Congress. But I don't think there's a question of loyalty when we're talking about principle. I do think there's a way out of this, though. I think the House leadership bit off more than they could chew. They, they wanted this huge bill to pass that had a lot of things that were objectionable to conservatives. What if we start with a more modest bill, start with a bill that has very little in it except for what everyone agrees? Every Republican agrees, and then build from there. And I think that approach actually would work better. Well, I mean, what do you say to those who say you got a lot of what you wanted in this bill? Um, maximum income to receive tax credit, allow states to choose between traditional block grants, which I know is something that you talked a lot about. Um, the list goes on in terms of requirements for able-bodied um, adults to be able to get Medicaid. If they can work, they have to work. A trillion dollars in Obamacare taxes. A lot of folks say, you know, they right. really met those folks in the Freedom Caucus pretty much halfway. I think what we started with is we stuffed a lot of stuff into a bill that was objectionable. Mm -hmm. Obamacare light was objectionable. It became less bad over time. I agree with you. So I think the bill was headed in the right direction. That's why I still think compromise is possible on this. But I think we ought to start with what we all agree on. We virtually all of us agree on repealing the taxes, repealing the individual mandate. Why don't we put a list of things before all of us and say, hey, what are the things that we generally all agree to? Instead of putting before us things that we didn't like, like yeah. the Cadillac tax. <laughs> 
I, subsidies, I Medicaid expansion, and, and I think a lot of people really, really like the ideas that you have put forth. But you know, I think now they look at it and say, so you know, all of those very pure ideologies are, are admirable. And you talk about right. the the honor of the Republican Freedom Caucus as you see it. Um, but if you can't get it across the finish line, what good is it really? Well, I think we can. I'm still optimistic, actually. I don't think this is over. And, and I just came from a meeting with House conservatives and Senate conservatives where we are still working and talking to everyone about this issue. We're still reaching out to the White House, frankly, on this issue, and uh, we'll continue to meet with them. So I think there is a solution. But I think the way to look at this is, do we have to have everything, or can we start out with what we agree on? Right. Rather than forcing everybody into a box where it says, oh, moderates are going to have to accept this, and conservatives are going to have to accept this, maybe there's a lot of common ground that we aren't just finding our common ground and having a less expansive bill, and maybe we have a more modest repeal bill that just includes the things that we all yeah. think should be repealed. I, I mean, I understand that you're hopeful, and there are some signs that, that people do hope that this isn't dead and that you can get somewhere. I understand um, But then you hopeful. have people like I'm going to stop Governor. it here. It goes on for another minute, but I think we got the gist of it. So, yeah, although he, well, he's hopeful. I, I guess uh, uh, what's-his-face was hopeful, too. I shouldn't say what's-his-face. That's kind of disrespectful. Uh, I'll look up his name again. I don't remember it. Representative Chris Collins. Though I couldn't verify what that article was trying to say. He, he's, you know, incorrectly thought that they was going to pass or said. I don't know if he actually thought it. But he wanted to say it. Uh, here's an article on CNN. As Mark Dice says, certainly not news. <laughs> uh, he's got all kinds of good ones for CNN. By the way, I would check out Mark Dice's YouTube channel. The last three or four videos he put up, I believe, have to do with fake news, a topic I really like. And he seem to have busted uh, CNN of uh, faking live interviews. And CNN and somebody else, I think CNN was one of them at least, and he's got some other CNN stuff too, uh, just kind of exposing, I guess, a lot of their follies and fake news and whatever. So interesting, nonetheless... So let's go on with this. Uh, that said, that with fake news, or as Trump calls CNN, very fake news. Let's read that one of their uh, very fake news articles here by Juliet Perry. Titled, Putin meets French far-right candidate Marine Le Pen at Kremlin. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't think CNN's going to say anything positive about this. I, I don't think uh, we'll... Uh, well, the fact that they're calling her far right right away, whether she is or not, lets me know that CNN won't say anything favorable about her or Putin, as we've seen in the past. I don't think Putin is far right by any means, but CNN does not like Vladimir Putin or uh, Russian anything. Um, and by the way... I think I mentioned this before. Now, regardless of Russia's politics, which I don't know and uh, a ton about, 
But I thought I was really curious about, I think it was N NBC. I could be wrong. There's NBC that hosted the Olympics. And they hosted the Olympics that took place in Russia. And they had a lot of filler pieces, a lot of negative uh, Russia filler pieces about the conditions and, and everything else like that. Just something I thought I found very dark and just kind of odd. And you don't see that anywhere else. They didn't do that in China, I don't think, or Australia, but they kind of, it seemed they went out of their way to trash talk Russia for their purposes, whatever they are. Well, I'll read this art as a CNN article anyway. Uh, I couldn't possibly, possibly go positive. Let's see. Russian President Vladimir Putin stressed the great importance of ties between his country and France as he met French far-right presidential candidate Marine Le Pen at the Kremlin on Friday, Russian state-run news agency TASS reported. I never heard of TASS. I heard of RT and Sputnik. I didn't know they had three state-run news. I'm going to look this up real quick. See if I can find out a little bit more about it. News agencies. Russian news agency TASS, successor of, successor of Telegraph Agency of the Soviet Union. So it's a major news agency founded in 1902. Largest Russian news agency. Fourth largest in the world. Wow, I feel dumb for not knowing this. Uh, I guess maybe this would be their internal one. Whereas RT is international. I don't know about Sputnik. I never went to as far as to look, but I'll continue on with this report. On CNN, there's an article here. Putin's spokesman, spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, told reporters that Russia was not seeking to influence the upcoming French election, but had the right to communicate with French politicians. Now, I did, I'm going to interject here, I did see an article uh, of, on the German, uh, accusing Russia of trying to hack the German elections. So we'll see if they get, we'll see if uh, CNN kind of paints that picture of, of their intentions for France. Russia has no intentions, uh, uh, or has had no intention of, quote, interfering with anyone's internal business or electoral processes, Peskov said. In turn, uh, Le Pen, leader of France's far-right National Front Party, criticized the European Union sanctions against Russia, calling them unfair and silly. TASS reported, Le Pen told the Speaker of Russia's lower house of parliament, oh boy, I'm going to have a hard time uh, with this one, Vyacheslav Volodin. Vyacheslav Volodin, possibly. That she had always pressured for the abolition of sanctions because she regarded them as counterproductive. So, let's see if there's anything else in here. Uh, closer to Russia. The only French presidential candidate to meet with Putin... Le Pen is one of the front runners in the French election. The first round of voting will be held April 23rd. She openly wants closer ties with Russia and has previously 
been criticized for taking a loan from a Russian bank. See, interview last year with CNN, Le Pen said she was left with no other choice after French banks turned her down. That's interesting. I wonder if they turned her down for political reasons. Let me open up that article. The CNN doesn't say. They just move on. Paul Smith, professor of uh, French studies at University of University of Nottingham, said the candidate used funding from Russian banks to support her campaign. Quote, the Russians very much like her and Russian banks have certainly helped her and her father before in financing their political activities, says Smith, adding that she she's not the only French politician. So, uh, let's see, quote, she's not the only candidate to be in favor of better relations with, with, with Russia. Flan is too. And she is skeptical of France's future with NATO. Le Pen's chances of winning have been aided by a scandal that ensnared her opponent, Republican candidate Flan. Magazines of France reported that his wife and two adult children were given no-show jobs that earned them nearly $1 million. Wow. It's kind of a dick move for not the taxpayers. What was I going to look up? So this, uh, when when CNN says, in her interview last year with CNN, Le Pen said she was left with no choice after French banks turned her down. And the link goes to a video. And the video is f all of 14 seconds. So I wonder if I... What is the point of a 14-second video? Let's find out. It makes the French realize that what the people want, they can get, if they mobilize themselves. Donald Trump has made possible what was presented as completely impossible. So it's a sign of hope for those who cannot bear wild globalization, who cannot bear the political life led by the elites. Okay, this it's actually three minutes. This also kills the argument used by my opponents about isolation. They say the policies that you, Marine Le Pen, have isolate you. Well, I feel less isolated today because of the multipolar world defended by Donald Trump, but also by Theresa May and Vladimir Putin. I have a feeling that it's Mrs. Merkel <coughs> and Mr. Hollande who should feel isolated. And yet, uh, in France, in Europe, we have a slightly different history. The consequences of populist nationalism... Okay, I don't know how long it's going to go on. I, I would have appreciated it if they just would have had an article with, with words, but I don't want to sit here and play audio clips all night. There's only a few minutes left, and there is an audio clip I wanted to play. Um, I haven't heard yet. I don't know how long it is. Hopefully it's not really long. Otherwise, I'm just going to skip the article, because thankfully this has an article. Political sex pistol, Johnny Rotten backs Brexit and Trump. Article from today on ITV.com. I don't know what ITV.com is. The ITV hub, uh, nightly show. I guess maybe it's a channel or a Hulu or Crackle type site. Hey, let me, let's play this clip. Maybe. I don't know if it'll work. And you know what? I think I tried this earlier. And it didn't work. And I tried it in a different browser and it didn't work. 
Let's try it. In a different browser one more time. And if it doesn't work, I'll go on to the article. Because this is a new this is a new one to me. So I actually haven't I actually haven't heard his quote yet. Uh man, I hate technical difficulties. They have one quote from him that says, The working class have spoken and I stand with them. And there isn't much of an article as I thought there was. Let's see, Godfather of Punk, anarchist and former sex pistol John Lydon. Don, sorry if I don't if I got his name wrong. I'm actually not a Sex Pistols fan. I know of them, but I don't think any I don't think they released anything that was all that great. I just think it was kind of like shock, kind of has like shock value to it anyway. Uh, Godfather, punk, anarchist, and former Sex Pistol Johnny Rotten was on a show this morning promoting his limited edition new book, Mr. Rotten's Songbook. Having built a career in anti-establishment views, he doesn't shy away from talking about today's political landscape. Lydon Lydon came out in support of Brexit, claiming the working class have spoken, and he would stand by them. He also claimed that he could he could see a possible friendship with Trump, praising his ability to terrify politicians. Rotten himself inspired a generation of anarchists. Well, I really want the video. <laughs> he claimed he could see a possible friendship with Trump praising his ability to terrify politicians. No fair. I want... Johnny Rotten. Let's see if I can find it on YouTube. <clears throat> Here we go. I'll, I'll just play this here. Maybe it'd be more interesting than uh, listening to Marine Le Pen talk through a translator. When the Sex Pistols released their first Over single in 1975, lead singer John Lydon, or Johnny Rotten as he was better known, it was Piers Morgan. the voice of an anti-establishment punk generation. And the King of Punk joins us now. He's written a new book, Mr. Rotten's Songbook. It's got the song lyrics and his own illustrations in it. It's great to see you this morning. Was it an experience meeting Nigel Farage? You were Brexit supporter. Fantastic. After that, that up the River Thames argument he had with Bob Geldof, I wanted to shake his hand. Did you? Because it was silly beyond belief. <laughs> Talking about Nigel Farage, of course. the um, Seen as a leader behind the whole Brexit movement, I didn't know that he met with him. This is interesting here. I'll continue. All right. And where do I stand on Brexit? Well, here it goes. The working class have spoke. Mm. And I'm one of them, and I'm with them. And, and there and it is. when you hear someone like Alistair Campbell spelling out what he thinks could be the real downside... Oh, I gave up listening to him a long time ago. Did you? But you're yeah. a US citizen now, aren't you? So you have Trump as your leader. The Donald. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there's a complicated fella. And uh, as, as one journalist once said to me, is he the uh, political sex pistol? <laughs> well, in a way. In, in a way. But uh, yeah. what I dislike is uh, the left-wing media in America are trying to smear the bloke as a racist, and that's mm. completely not true. Mm. 
there's many, many problems with him as a human being, but he's not that. <laughs> and there just might be a chance that agree. something good will come out of that situation. He's got problems, because but he's not he terrifies racist. politicians. How, I mean, you live... And this is joy to be yeah. held. Right. And of course, I was talking when he, says, when he says the quote Because he terrifies politicians. Yeah, try it again. And there just might be a chance that something good will come out of that situation, mm. because he terrifies politicians. How, I mean, you live... And this is joy to be held. Right. Me. I mean, that very much is the Sex Pistols thing, anti-establishment. He yeah. is the absolutely archetypal yeah. anti-establishment character so, in politics. So dare I say, a possible friend. He's reaching out. Have, huh? I found out some really interesting things about you over the last couple of days. <coughs> you were booked onto the Lockerbie flight. Yeah. Now, why... What's... All right, well, I won't get into the whole rest of the interview. I don't know what a Lockerbie flight is. But I guess that's a story. And I'll just uh, skim over a couple other articles here. Uh, I went over the death of John D. Rockefeller on Thursday, I believe. Was it Thursday? Either Thursday or last Monday. And... Here, here. Well, I, I was kind of talking about how people were seeing him as one of the leaders of the, you know, the quote New World Order. So I guess McCain, John McCain, is stepping up to the plate now. In light of his passing, uh, according to, the, well, that's a joke, but according uh, article on the uh, U U E U Observer EU Observer dot com. Article called McCain World Cries Out for US and EU Leadership. And I th thought. Yeah, here we go. He says it. Uh, the world cries out for uh, American and European leadership throughout the EU, EU and NATO, US Senator John McCain said on Friday. In a quote, New world order under enormous strain, end quote. And in, quote, the titanic struggle with forces of radicalism, dot, 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 sort of skipping some, some of the things he said, we can't stand by in Lamont, we've got to be involved, end quote. So McCain, former Republican presidential candidate, of course, now chairman of Armed and Services, Committee in the U.S. Senate. Speaking at the Brussels Forum, a conference organized by the German Marshall Fund, a transatlantic think tank, he said that the EU and the U.S. needed to develop, quote, more cooperation, uh, cooperation and more connectivity. And he goes on more and more and more. Uh, I trust the EU, he said, defending opposite view. From that, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump, who said in January that the U.K. was so smart in getting out of the EU and the EU and the NATO was obsolete. Uh, that's not very accurate at all. Those are his quotes, but again, they're they're doing that where they they write about eighty percent of the sentence and then they quote a couple words here this is so disingenuous this is so annoying <sighs> so, well, it's what's frustrating with the media I guess that's why I do this podcast anyway 
in order to get the the actual story on something, you have to read the article from you know five different sources because nobody can just you know tell the damn truth. It seems, or all of the truth. I think telling partial truth is also uh, can can be um, comparable and compared with to uh, lying. So. That's my correct opinion on that. Last article I'll go over here on dailymail.co.uk. Title, and it's a long title. Now that's loopy. Behold the big bend. The incredible U-shaped New York skyscraper dubbed the longest building in the world is unveiled. And no, it's not really unveiled. It's a concept. So misleading title there. O-I-I-O Studio O-I-O maybe has unveiled designs for a curved skyscraper called the Big Bend a solution to expensive zoning laws Manhattan Tower was imagined as a structure to straddle Billionaire's Row on 57th Street in New York City the concept tower would need a two track elevator system that could go round curves and move horizontally. Well, anyway, it's uh, it, they say it's U-shaped. It's it's an upside down U, very narrow. You see the pictures of it. It's it's worth looking up. It's kind of interesting. So if you were to stretch the thing out and it wasn't a U, it would be the tallest skyscraper in the world. However, in its U upside down U shape rather. It is shorter than the skyscraper in UAE, I believe. And shorter yet than Shanghai Tower, according to this photo here on Daily Mail. It looks like it's about the same height as Abraj Al Bait Tower, whatever that means. And they show the narrow, upside down U shaped building um, kind of hugging another building in between its upside down U shaped legs, <laughs> I guess. And it's gonna, yeah, it would have to have some weird elevator that probably wouldn't turn you upside down and make you fall on your head when it passes over the other side. Uh, and as far as whether this thing's gonna actually, or whether this thing is actually going to be built, I'm not sure, but they designed it to fit in with the New York zoning laws. So be on the lookout for very strong, strange, rather, U-shaped building, apparently stretching 4,000 feet long. Uh, the team explained, quote, what was once considered to be the greatest challenge in elevator history is finally becoming reality. The elevator that could travel in curves, horizontally and in continuous loops. So that's interesting. I wonder if they would have it go underground then in an oval-like fashion.
So, interesting stuff there. And I think that's going to be it for this show. This episode of Caldwell Madison Review, Review, episode 50. Just 50 more from 100. I don't know what I'll do for 100th episode. Maybe I'll go to video by then. We'll see. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in. Again, we're live Mondays and Thursdays, 8 o'clock Central Time. And we'll uh, hope to catch you on Thursday then. So have a good rest of your week until then. And uh, catch you later.